Welcome back to the Can Do MS podcast. This episode is part of our Community Conversations series. Today, we'll hear from neurologist Ben Thrower and nurse practitioner Tracy Walker as they discuss their respective roles within a healthcare team, how their fields can work together, and why they chose to specialize in MS management. My name is Ben Thrower, and I am a neurologist at the Andrew C. Carlos MS Institute at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia. I have been the medical director here of this program since 2001, and prior to that, I worked at the Holy Family MS Center in Spokane, Washington. Um, I came into the MS world, I came through a circuitous route. The When I finished my training in general neurology, I was doing exactly that, general neurology in Spokane, and uh, came to find that I really enjoyed working with the MS community, but also realized that as a neurologist that I was a piece of the puzzle, but a small piece of the puzzle, and that to really do MS care right, we needed to have more pieces of the puzzle, and that included a comprehensive team of, of physical therapists, occupational therapists, nurse practitioners, case managers, and so when I started looking at it, how that would work, I actually spent quite a bit of time with the CanDo program, looking at their wellness model and kind of the philosophy behind, you know, how MS should be managed in a, if you will, a utopian society. So that, that really drove a lot of, of how I came to, to be where I'm at right now. My name is Tracy Walker. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I have worked here at the Shepherd Center with Dr. Thrower since 2003, I think. Um, and actually, I never planned to work in MS. I worked in our urology department I was and wound clinic. I was a wound ostomy continence nurse, and I went back to get my nurse practitioner and I was graduating and somebody came and said, hey, do you want to work with Dr. Thrower in MS? And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they talked me into coming and following him one day and, and I, I loved it. So I never went back. So been here since then. So one of the things, again, that I saw very early on was that to really manage a complex problem like multiple sclerosis, it took a, a lot of different individuals, and that, that's this concept of a comprehensive team. But it, when we use the word comprehensive, we mean that, that we've got all of the, the pieces of the puzzle together. There's another important term that we sometimes forget about, and that's integrated. And so when we say integrated, that means that you don't only have the, only have the pieces of the puzzle, but the pieces of the puzzle play well with each other and they communicate with each other. There are programs that I know of that really have all of the pieces of the puzzle to do wonderful MS care, but the pieces won't play well with each other. And so you end up with a program that's very fragmented or people are protecting their little piece of turf. When we set up our program in Spokane, Washington, other than the administrative person who was sort of you know doing all the the, the space and the hiring, the very first person that um, my program director and I hired was a nurse practitioner. 
And we realized that having a nurse practitioner was going to be vital to the success of, of a well-run MS program. If you look across the United States and Canada um, at the role of the nurse practitioner in MS care, it's huge. A lot of our professional organizations, the, the consortium of MS centers, have a very strong nurse practitioner presence. And there are different models for how nurse practitioners you know, uh, are sort of integrated into that team. But our model, I think, is, is a fairly common one. And that is that the, the nurse practitioner is the, is the right hand. Uh, they are not to be used as, as secretaries. They're not to be used to, you know, to, to do menial tasks. They are a healthcare provider functioning side by side with the physician. One of the things that that uh, Tracy and I both believe believe very strongly in is that the the tools that we have to manage MS are finite. Whether you're talking about medications, uh, therapies, you know, different consultants that we use, we have a, a limited number of treatment options when you're presented with a given problem. And if both the nurse practitioner and the physician are thinking on the same page, really in a given setting, we should probably come to about the same conclusion and make the same decisions. You know, nurse practitioners in settings like ours really can, uh, can see patients independently. We try to alternate visits frequently where the physician would maybe see the patient for the first time and then start alternating visits with the, the nurse practitioner. I always tell our, our patients also that, that we sometimes hear resistance from patients and families to say, well, I don't want to see the nurse practitioner. I only want to see the physician. And I, I really try to get the message across, as does Tracy, that's a mistake because the nurse practitioner brings a different skill set and a different background. As, you know, as Tracy said, she worked in wound ostomy. She's had great experience in urology that I don't have. And so by not seeing the nurse practitioner, I think patients really are, are cheating themselves out of a, uh, a, a wealth of, of knowledge. I think as nurse practitioners, our training plays a lot into that because, you know, nurse practitioners were nurses before they went on to get a, a master's in, in their nurse practitioner field. So um, and the nursing model um, or nursing approach is more one of um, kind of a, a holistic kind of looking at the big picture, but also heavily uh, oriented towards um, empowering patients and educating patients. And, um, and you know, we, we tend to learn how to communicate pretty well um, to survive um, <laughs> in our roles. Um, so I think those are all things that when I joined the MS clinic, I really enjoyed was, you know, first of all, being able to collaborate with the physician, but also to bring something additional to the table. Um, and um, I think that's why there are so many nurse practitioners in the field of MS. It really does uh, lend to our, our training. Um, there are also a lot of physician assistants um, in in the MS field and in the medical field in general. And, you know, typically nurse practitioners and physician assistants operate in very similar roles and very similar ways. I think the difference comes more from our background and our training. A physician assistant is, is trained typically um, 
similar uh, in a similar fashion using uh, a medical you know approach whereas nurse practitioners you know have a slightly different background and training so um, I think you know it depends on the actual person and what they enjoy and what they feel comfortable with. I think I've learned a lot from from physician assistants that I work with and vice versa. I think we complement each other well and and the same with with the neurology team and and nurse practitioners and PAs. I think it's a, a good mix um, to uh, contribute to the care of our patients. I think Tracy really hit an important point in terms of the different uh, backgrounds between physician assistants and nurse practitioners. Many physician assistants go straight from undergraduate into their PA program, and so they, they really haven't had time out in the, in the field other than their clinical rotations. And th that's not true for all physician assistants, and this is not to knock PAs. There, we we do use PAs here, and we have wonderful physician assistants. but most nurse practitioners, as Tracy said, were nurses before they were nurse practitioners, and they may have been nurses for a while before they were nurse practitioners. So they they had that real world experience. And you know, I can tell you as a physician, and my wife would tell you as a, as a physician, as a pediatrician, there's a big difference between what you learn in a book and what looks right in you know on paper versus the real world. Most physicians will tell you they're better physicians after they've been out there for a little bit. My wife will tell you she's a better pediatrician after she had kids and had some real world experience and realized, you know, some of the things I've been telling moms and dads were pretty dumb. They, they just didn't make sense. And now that I've got kids of my own, I see that, you know, it's it's not always what's written in the book that is, is the, the correct way of doing things. So, you know, I would say as you, you know, work with your healthcare team, um, if you have uh, an MS center or an MS uh, practice setting where there are nurse practitioners and physician assistants. It, it, learn a little bit about them. Find out kind of where they were. Like Tracy, you know, did, what what were their areas of specialization? So it might give you some some cues as to you know how you utilize those resources most effectively. If you have a nurse practitioner like Tracy who's had a lot of experience with with bladder and bowel issues or with wound care. Uh, take advantage of that. Not, it's not to say you can't ask the physician too, but realize behind the scene, I may be going and asking Tracy uh, about <laughs> it because she, she may know more about it than, than, than I do. The other important uh, part of that team approach, is, as we said earlier, is that, that integration that you know, each of these team members that are, that are helping you out should be communicating with each other and really uh, so that everyone gets that full picture. It's always surprising to me in our team meetings, sometimes the the physical therapist or occupational therapist will learn little tidbits of information about someone that, that I just didn't get in my visit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's because they were spending an hour, mm -hmm. you know, hands-on with that individual, really working with them. And so there was just more time for that person mm -hmm. to, to, to talk more about mm -hmm. what's going on in their, their life. And sometimes their support partners are there with them. And so they, they are, you know, observe more of that interaction of how they go about their daily activities. And so a lot of times we may only see them in the exam room um, and for brief periods of time. But that's one of the things I love about working with a team is 
you you know you get so much uh, more information, uh, much uh, you know bigger perspective on things, and then also you learn from one another. I think um, working with a team elevates your own knowledge base um, tremendously. Absolutely. So Tracy, just a question. The so when we think about how physician assistants and nurse practitioners are trained, is there any movement out there for nurse practitioners to go straight from nursing school through NP school and not have that real world experience that, that we've been used to with, with NPs? I, I think there's still a requirement for some, um, you know, work experience, but unfortunately, I think a lot of the training programs are um, reducing um, the amount of experience that nurses need to have and they go directly from their uh, bachelor's in nursing into their master's for nurse practitioner and I, you know when I entered nurse practitioner school you had to have a minimum of two to four years experience as a nurse and I really think that was so valuable I hate to see um, that you know not a part of the programs these days, but I think, um, you know, at least there is some requirement of, of real world experience going into um, the nurse practitioner programs. And just for our listeners also, what, what are some of the things that a, a nurse practitioner can do that an RN or nurse cannot do? So a nurse practitioner um, actually, you know, can prescribe um, treatments and medications. Um, we can order and, and interpret laboratory studies and, and diagnose and treat different conditions. Each state may have a little bit different um, set of rules. Of, like many states, nurse practitioners cannot prescribe scheduled drugs, but they can other um, states. Some states nurse practitioners can work completely independently um, and then in other states um, they have to have a physician who is providing supervision. So it does differ a little bit but I think the trend is that um, nurse practitioners and physician assistants are are becoming more and more um, uh, able to do a lot of things that that help uh, provide greater access to care for a lot of patients. So you get to travel around the, the country quite a bit and participate in, in national meetings. Have you seen MS centers where nurse practitioners are actually doing the initial uh, history and physical and, and diagnostic evaluation in the way that a neurologist uh, typically would? There are some nurse practitioners who do that. Um, and I think you know, it, it depends on the person and what they're comfortable with and also what um, what the neurologist that they work with, um, how they, you know, help train them and, and how the whole flow of their clinic works. So um, a lot of nurse practitioners or PAs are very independent. Um, I personally enjoy more collaboration and I feel like being able to access 
um, one of the neurologists to ask a question right then and there on the spot is great because then you learn something you didn't know. So, but it varies pretty pretty greatly from from place to place. One of the things that I think is is interesting in watching uh, medical students and neurology residents, uh, so uh, neurologists in training come through our program here, they have widely uh, different experiences with exposure to nurse practitioners or physician assistants. Uh, some, depending upon the rotations they've been on, may have, have learned to work side by side and others just don't have a clue yet. And it's just, it's sometimes a little concerning to think, it, you know, where are they going to get that experience? How are they going to learn to use, you know, the, the, the team approach effectively and, and realize what the, the, the role of, of, of an effective nurse practitioner is? Yeah, and I think the responsibility for educating other members of the team is partly with, you know, us as nurse practitioners and PAs, but I remember when I first, you know, graduated from nurse practitioner school, there was not really a nurse practitioner here at Shepherd. I think there was one physician assistant, um, and there there was nobody really um, blazing that trail, so to speak. Um, and I think it was you who had worked with a nurse practitioner in the past that suggested that and opened up. Um, that role for me here. And then now I, I think we have 10 or 12 in yeah. the center. So that's encouraging. I think, um, you know, as nurse practitioners and PAs become more common and people learn about exactly what we do, um, there'll be more and more opportunity um, for us. I would say hope, hopefully we didn't talk as much about kind of what neurologists do, and I joke sometimes when I when I went into neurology, my my parents are are both deceased. They had long happy lives, but when my mom was alive, she, she for the for the uh, entirety of her life, she thought I was a psychiatrist. And she, <laughs> she and I don't know. Sometimes we do psychiatry, but neurologists are are different from psychiatrists. We treat problems with the the brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nerves, and of which you know multiple sclerosis certainly fits into to that that realm. One of the things I think that is is fascinating is why would a neurologist or a nurse practitioner want to go into a field where we really focus on one problem, multiple sclerosis and a handful of other conditions that, that can look like MS or be in the same family. And it really is because of the of how complex mm -hmm. MS is. You know, with MS you've got a problem that can affect coordination, vision, strength sensation, bowel and bladder function, cognition, the, and it's not a health condition that affects just the person with MS. It really is, a, is something that affects their family members, their friends, the, you know, their, their vocational aspirations. And so I always tell young people if they're thinking about MS as a career, but they're a little afraid of focusing on just one thing, I tell them it, you will never cease to be challenged. And mm -hmm. the research is advancing rapidly. When I finished neurology training in 1992, we had no FDA-approved treatments to manage MS. We have 19 now, so it's a it's a dynamic field. It's challenging for people like Tracy and, and myself, and and there's never never a dull moment. <laughs> no, that was one of the things that really attracted me to multiple sclerosis. Is there was a, an opportunity to specialize 
yet there was always something new to learn, something always being discovered or or um, newer treatments being developed. So it, it, it keeps you on your toes. But I also love the fact that you build uh, relationships with the same people. It is a chronic illness. So you get to see people over and over again and you get to know their family members and their support partners and, and um, being a part of that um, kind of interaction and education is very rewarding, I think, for all of us that work in that field. Yeah, I would certainly second that. We have individuals we've worked with that since they were teenagers, you know, 13, 14 years of age who are now married with children of their own. And just to see them, you know, kind of work through their MS and realize we have enough tools now that hopefully we can, you know, let them pursue their dreams, you know, of, of family and work and and be a part of their life and and uh, just just look forward to even bigger bigger uh, uh, therapies and discoveries in the future. Thank you, Ben and Tracy, for the engaging discussion. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of the Community Conversations podcast series. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Biogen, EMD Serono, Santa Fe Genzyme, Celgene, Genentech, and Malincrop Pharmaceuticals for making this series possible. Be sure to check out the other episodes in the Community Conversations series, featuring more discussions between healthcare professionals. To participate in our virtual programs and for additional resources, please visit www.cando-ms.org.